Welcome back, creeps. Hello. Welcome back again. Um, well, for us, <laughs> we are recording two episodes together because sometimes that first of the month just it always fucking sneaks up on us. Yeah, it's like, wait, it's like it comes every month. It's got. It's April. <laughs> are, you, are you fucking joking me? Yeah, that's how time works. It continues crazy or is it just an illusion bum, bum, bum. <laughs> right real quick before we start this um on friday's episode which is not out yet i talk about a little promo that we're doing we're not like uh sponsored or anything like that it's just a friend of ours company are offering 15 percent off of their sunglasses they're called lawless eyewear google them and take a look I explain more in more detail on Friday. Like all, they're basically, they seem indestructible and shit like that. They're really cool. You can customize them. And the lenses are made out of the same lenses that went to the moon. The ah. moon. So the code is CREEP. Moon. C-R-E-E-P. <laughs> and you will get 15% off of your sunglasses. If you like to support small local businesses for the Irish or just small businesses in general, this one is from Ireland, though. Just to backtrack, the code is creep, not moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, just, <laughs> we got really excited about the moon. Thing. I just had a slice of pizza, so I'm like on the up and up. Yeah, whereas I ate the pizza earlier and I am on the down and down. <laughs> but yeah, so creep, anyway, all capital letters, C-R-E-E-P, do it. So they're like half the price of Ray-Bans. They seem legit. Did you say Ray-Bans? Ray-Bans. Is that how you pronounce it? No, it's Ray-Bans. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn it, Adam. <laughs> anyway, like I said, on Friday's episode, I'll talk more in detail, but we forgot that this episode is even coming out. Right. Right. So this is Welcome to Titillating Tales of True Terror, number... Yeah. Uh, Over tea time. <laughs> now, now say the whole name of the episode, the series. What? Say the whole episode, the name of the series. What series? What are you this is a series, titillating tales of true terror over tea time. Who the fuck said that? <laughs> I did just now. I just wanted to continue on with the teas. <laughs> so titillating tales of true terror over tea time. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, fine. I'm drawing a line in the sand. All right, all right. It's been vetoed. Let's go on. Okay. You want to read your story first? Um, you go first? Only if you agree to the tea time part. All right, you'll think about it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so first story is from Jenny S. Yep. What up, what up, Jenny? Jenny from the block. She says, I was listening to podcasts, spending time with George the guinea pig and crocheting. There was a story on Jim Harold's campfire. They were talking about an impression or a voice warning them to stop or get away from something. Well, I have two small stories that follow that. One was when I was first learning how to drive. I had a habit of following the same route home, even though there were several ways to get to our house from any direction. Mom was having me drive since she is the one who taught me how. And I felt like I should go home a different way. My mom asked me what I was doing because I passed our normal turn. I told her I just felt a little funny about going that way today. 
The rest of our drive home was uneventful. When we pulled up, the phone was ringing, so I rushed into the house to answer it. My dad was on the phone and asked to talk to my mom. Mom finally got in and got on the phone and talked to him for a bit and then hung up. She said, there was a car accident on the road where we usually turn to go home and it was a fatality. My dad had heard about it on the police radio. So I'm very glad that I made the decision to go to a different route. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Premonition. Yeah. Premonition. That's the word. Uh, I couldn't think of the word either. Uh, like, <laughs> you got it. You got it. The other story also involved driving home. I had access to two cars when I was a teen. At this point, I had my driver's license for a while, and I was driving a Volkswagen Rabbit. This car is the source of a few interesting stories in my life. On this day, I had my mom, Aunt Joan, and cousin Rano with me. I went the most direct route home, where there was a left turn lane. So I'm at the red light waiting my turn to go when the light turns green. I pushed on the gas, and the car revved, but didn't move. I looked down, checked that I was still in drive, pushed the gas again, and the same thing happened. Just then, a guy in a large 70s, 80s model sedan blew through the light, which was red on his side, going about 50 or so. If my car had acted the way it should have, he would have slammed into the passenger side of my little rabbit. I'm fairly certain we would have all been badly hurt. After the car passed, my car worked just fine, and I never had this issue again. I feel like a guardian had stood in front of my car and did not let it move until it was safe. That I actually, because normally I don't read these. I try and like skim them and just say, you know, oh, thanks so much. But without actually reading the story so as we can react. But I actually did read that one. And I was thinking like, especially the way cars in the 70s and 80s were built compared to a modern car. Mm -hmm. You're like getting hit with a fucking tank. Oh, yeah. You know? So I said, yeah, it's definitely a fucking guardian angel or, or an old relative or something watching out. Yeah. Um, it looks like uh, she has another story on here, too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to go ahead and read it? Yeah. Okay. And this one I haven't read at all. Okay. Yeah. So genuine surprise. Also genuine surprise. George the guinea pig is a spoiled brat, and that is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I love like pets that have people names. Yeah, just just George. Yeah, I love that shit. <laughs> so, this story happened to me when I was in middle school, grade 7. I'm changing the names because I'm still in contact with a couple of the girls involved, and I'm not sure they remember or would appreciate me telling what happened. I totally get it. The event was a sleepover with around 15 to 20 girls. Whoa. Whoa, that's a big sleepover. Yeah, Jesus. I knew most of them, but there are a few I knew better than others. I will give you a little background information about the people involved. S was one of my closest friends growing up. She was one of my neighbors who I moved in, who moved in when I was five years old. T, the birthday girl, and I attended a Christian school together when we were younger. We had reconnected when started when school started this year. Cool. And C. C was a friend 
of my friend S. I did not know her very well, but everyone knew her parents were quackers. (laughs) (laughs) I think think she meant Quakers. Yeah, it's Quakers. She said Quakers. You said Quackers. (laughs) I thought she was trying to say like they were crazy. Oh, them they're cream crackers. No. <laughs> you know, like when someone says they're crackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was like, they're quackers. <laughs> you uh. <laughs> <laughs> really lost it there. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it. Like. Oh, yeah, but her parents actually make their money impersonating dogs, so <laughs> they're fucking insane. <laughs> anyway, tell me about this Quaker girl. Her parents were Quakers and were very strict. <laughs> okay, just to buckle that down. All right. I know, I know there were more people there, but the main people other than myself are represented. Oh, okay. So we get to the party and everything was pretty normal for a group of adolescent girls. We had dinner and she opened her birthday gifts. The whole group set up in the den, which had a door on it. So we did not have to worry about the noise level too much. Oh, that's cool. We need one of those. (laughs) We had been watching movies and before we knew it, it was around midnight. A girl was there. We will call her B. She was not someone I knew at all. B suggested we play a game when the movie ended. Everyone was moving around the room. There was a large sectional sofa, so there were girls on that and the others in a half square shape, so the game could be put there on the floor. I saw what B had in her hand, and I said it didn't feel great, so I sat along the wall behind the sofa with, my, with another of my friends. B had a Ouija board. For fuck's sake, B. Yeah. For Come fuck's on. sake. Who lets their kids buy these fucking things? I had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. My friend Kay was the one behind the sofa with me. We had a small light and both had brought a book to read. We could hear the other girls, but all we could see was the back of the sofa, the light coming from the game closet near us and each other. The other girls were playing with the Ouija board, which is something I was very uncomfortable with. Kay and I both had been raised strict, strict Christians, so we wanted nothing to do with it. The others were trying to see if they could contact Marilyn Monroe. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> is this like a typical teenage girl thing? No. Let's all sit around well, in a circle well, and see if we can talk to Marilyn Monroe. <sighs> Let's find out what really happened. I was just shaking my head and reading my book. (laughs) Same, Jenny. Same. (laughs) All of a sudden, I hear this loud sigh. B said, for some reason, it wasn't working right. A few of the girls said that they were hungry. We had a big table of snacks set up, and people started milling around the room. I asked Kay if she was hungry, and I got up to get us some things to snack on and a couple of sodas. When I was at the table, I made a snarky remark that a Ouija board isn't a game or a spiritual telephone you just ask to talk to any dead person on. I really should have kept my thoughts to myself. I made it back to the spot I had set my stuff up in and handed Kay her snack. Then I started reading again. 
The other girls went back to their spots and B says she wants to try again. So I hear her trying to contact any spirits that may be able to answer her. All of a sudden, I hear the other girls spelling words. I'm trying my best at this point to ignore what is being said, but it was difficult for me to concentrate on my book. I have ADHD, which I'm sure did not help. The fact that you're reading with ADHD, like good for you. Yeah. Because I can't even fuck Like it's hard for me to fucking focus on reading a book and I don't have that. Yeah. I hear a noise that sounded like fire. When you hear logs snapping in a fire, there was no fireplace or anything like that in the room with us. I looked up and on the door of the game closet, there was a piece of paper. The paper was on fire, but it was not burning. The edges of the paper looked burnt, but it was not burning up the way a piece of paper would. Kay asked me what was wrong, but I guess I just sat there with my eyes getting wider. Kay called to S, who was in the other group of girls, to come check on me. When S came over to me, I told her I was cold, so she put my blanket I had brought on me. I threw it off of me about 10 seconds later, saying I was hot. Then I was cold again. I don't really remember much other than that until the other girls cleared a space for me on the sofa so I could lay down and try to get more comfortable. I ended up being placed right behind B, who was now on the floor. They were using the Ouija board again, trying to contact anyone who was in the room. I kept having issues regulating my temperature. I was trying to ignore what was being said, but that was a little difficult. They stopped using the Ouija board, and B said she was going to do a seance. This shit just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I'm not ignoring the fact that um, Jen saw that piece of paper. I was just trying to see where this story is going before I started interrupting some more. <laughs> I was just laying there watching the other girls and what they were doing. Suddenly, right across from where I was laying, sitting on the floor was C. The girls had been around the Ouija board, all joined hands. Out of nowhere, S and the girl sitting on the other side of C started saying, ouch, ouch. I looked over and she's squeezing their hands very hard and her head was bowed toward her chest. She starts to lift her head up and she's looking directly at me. What I saw in that moment was not the girl I had met. There was something very dark and it felt evil coming from her. I yelled no and tried to climb over the back of the couch to get away. This one, everything spiritual for the night ended. I don't really remember what we did for the rest of the night, but I just wanted the night to be over and to go home. The next Monday when I had school, I noticed a few things that were different about C. She wasn't dressed the same way. Her hair was styled different, and she acted different. She was very modest and very sweet, and suddenly... That is not the girl who was at school. I tried to talk to the other girls to see if they noticed any difference, and they all said no. Still, she is friends with S, who I'm still in contact with. C is pretty far out there in her beliefs. To me, she still doesn't look or act like the girl who came to that party. Well. Yeah. Let me tell you. Oof. That was heavy. First of all, Everybody go listen to Jim Harrell's Campfire because it's a fucking great podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure that's where Jenny, how Jenny started listening to us. Mm-hmm. That's why she mentioned the campfire at the start of, the, of her story. Mm-hmm. 
But the creepiest thing in all of that was the paper for me. The fact that she just saw this piece of paper burning but not being burnt. And that she could hear it. Like, I'm assuming she was the only one who could see this? I, I, yeah, I think so. Because her friends didn't react to no, that. No, like. I think she was the only one that saw it, yeah. I don't know. Just another fucking reason why not to fuck around with Ouija boards. We've said this in episode one. Since episode one. Since and episode one. Yeah. Don't fuck with Ouija boards. Seances are always a no. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it in a controlled thing with like people that you trust, not just on a whim, bunch of 12 and 13 year old yeah. little girls. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was a great story, though. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I would have jumped over the back of the couch to get away from it, too. <laughs> Don't like, worry. Oh, a person who likes books too? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me bring you a snack. <laughs> Let's be friends. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, Jenny and uh, and George the guinea pig. <laughs> I was going to say George the GP, but then that kind of sounds like George the general, general practitioner. practitioner. <laughs> <laughs> yep. George MD. <laughs> <laughs> You could at least use my proper title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this one is from Perla. Cool. I think Slash of Guns N' Roses fame, I think his first wife was called Perla. I thought his, it was his mom's name. Maybe. Oh. Maybe I'm wrong. I, either way, I like the name Perla. Hi, Dulce and Adam. Hey. Recently- <laughs> <laughs> Hi. I recently found your podcast and enjoy listening to you guys while I, while I work. I'm a house cleaner and it can get pretty boring. Podcasts help me get through the day and yours has been super fun and interesting. Yay. Love a house cleaner. Yeah, absolutely. And when I used to work on building sites, I probably listened to 10 to 12 hours of podcasts every day. Yeah. Anyway, so here's mine and my family's experiences with sleep paralysis. Oh, dang. I apologize in advance if this bores you. Oh, come on. I'm sure it won't. <laughs> the first experience I've had was very early on. I'm talking about when I, when I was still a toddler. I don't have many memories of that time, obviously, but the ones I do are all of spooky things happening in the dark. It's awful. My parents would put me to sleep early. I would wake up in the middle of the night with the sensation that I was levitating. My bed was by a window. Every time I woke up, the window would be glowing. I don't think I was afraid, but I definitely couldn't move or speak. At first, I thought aliens might have been trying to take me away. LOL. There's nothing LOL that, about that. That's what I was going to say. Like, there's nothing <laughs> lol about that. That is scary to me. Whew. That's what I was thinking, though. Like, these are aliens. Get out now. But then there's no point because they will find you. God, fucking aliens are scary, (laughs) man. Eventually, it got more sinister. I would see and hear scary things like loud ringing and laughing. I would see shadows as well. My mom told me that for six months, I would wake her up screaming. My mom isn't a patient woman, nor does she believe in ghosts or aliens or anything. So when I would tell her what I was seeing... She tell me I was making it up and to go I back to sleep. I fucking hate that, man. And and you know that's not the first time that we've had a story where like parents play down. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, that causes trauma. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this is this person's truth, man. 
That's not cool. Hey, man, we're with you. <laughs> we believe you. God damn it. Well, so did her dad. Okay. My dad was more empathetic, but never told me he experienced it as well. I think he didn't tell me as to not scare me and hoped I would eventually stop having these dreams. And I did. It stopped happening until I was about 12 or 13. It came back with a vengeance. For three weeks straight, I had it every single night without fail. It would always happen at 3 a.m. I lost weight from lack of sleep and the, ex- and the anxiety of not wanting to sleep so that it didn't happen again. Oh. One day we went to my grandparents' house and I broke down to my grandma and told her what was happening. The stuff I'd hear and see. And because she is religious, she gave me a Bible and told me to keep it under my pillow to protect me and stop it from happening. It worked. It would only happen occasionally. But by that time, I was able to sort of calm myself and wake myself up. I guess I wasn't as scared anymore. Around 15, I went to live with my dad. One day, I woke up to my dad screaming, help. I was obviously freaked out and ran to see what was going on. I saw him asleep and screaming, so I shook him and he snapped out of it. I was so freaked out. We had a long talk about what had happened. And that's when I learned that my dad's side of the family is really connected and receptive to, quote, the other side. He's a little different in the sense that he can usually speak or scream to ask for help. I can't. He told me about a time that him and my uncle Omar both got sleep paralysis at the same time and woke up at the same time and dreamed the same dream. Whoa. The house they lived in had a weird layout. There weren't any halls. It was sort of like a straight line and the doors would open into the next room until you got to the bathroom and kitchen. What the fuck? Yeah, that's strange. No hallways. That's crazy. It's like big, long room. Huh. There were three rooms. My uncle was in the furthest room. Next was my baby brother's room. And after that was my dad and stepmom's room. Well, they both dreamed that spiders were filling up my baby brother's room and they were eating him. They both busted into my baby brother's room at the same time and he was crying. Part of me thinks something happened to him too. Some nights, my dad and I would both get it at the same time. We would watch TV and eat ice cream for an hour or so after. That sounds really nice. (laughs) It's sad, but it was kind of a bonding experience. At least we weren't alone. Yeah. One of the more memorable times, I was surrounded by chanting, laughing figures. Like I mentioned before, I was used to it in a way, so I was telling myself, it's okay, breathe, just wake up, it's not real, just wake up. And out of nowhere, the chanting stopped, and I felt heavy pressure on my chest and stomach, and saw a woman on top of me. Jesus Christ. She was pale, and had long hair, and a horrible smile, and smelled awful. Nothing like bad B.O. (laughs) like her teeth were rotting she laughed and said that won't change anything i'll still be here fucking asshole man and a second later i snapped out of it out of breath that week i had a miscarriage it's okay though i didn't know i was pregnant and way too young to be having kids Mm. but i really believe she's following me around and she caused it the pressure on my chest and stomach felt so real And the pain didn't leave once I woke up. The next time I saw her was just as horrible. But you need a little backstory before we continue. 
My step-grandmother is a complete nutjob. She yells and talks to herself. Sometimes she'll go into a rage. She'll accuse us of taking things from her or poisoning her. What? But none of this behavior is ever presented to the children of the family. She actually is really great with the kids. Is she a quacker? (laughs) She sounds like a quacker. At one point, we fell on hard times and my parents couldn't afford a babysitter. So step-grandma moved in for a couple of months to watch my siblings. She also slept in the same room as them. My room shared a wall with theirs and my bed was against that shared wall. Well, when I saw the rotting pale woman again, I could hear step-grandma laughing hysterically in the other room. And she would still be laughing after I snapped out of the paralysis in the middle of the night. This happened for a week straight. Oh, gross. The dream lady would step and sit on me while I could hear step-grandma laughing. What the fuck? I finally moved my bed to the opposite wall and it all stopped happening. That's so wild. Step-grandma has always had it out for me. Sometimes I'd have to call my stepmom to come home from work because she would be acting extremely erratic to the point where I didn't feel safe. She doesn't like my dad either. Anytime she'd stay over, my dad and I would get more frequent paralysis. I think whatever is following us around feeds on the negative energy that people give to us. At one point, after I moved out, I started having nightmares and paralysis nightly again. I told my dad, and he told me to move any mirrors pointed at my bed. Yep. Away f- Oh, to move them away from my bed. Mm-hmm. He said that's a gateway for bad things to come through. He also said to make sure the foot of my bed isn't pointed towards my door. Because that's how they take dead bodies out of a room. Feet first. Fucking hell. I don't know about that. Yeah, me neither. I, I, know about like the, I know about the mirror thing, but... I followed his instructions and the nightmare subsided. He's usually right about this stuff. I've lost quite a few people in my life, and they'd be close together time-wise. My dad told me that when death comes, she takes three lives at a, t- at a time to make her trip worthwhile. Whoa. And he was right. It was always in threes. My uncle Omar passed away and I see him in my dreams sometimes after an especially bad nightmare. It's always similar. I'll be in a body of water. My head will go underwater. And when I come back up, he's there smiling, hand extended, like as if he's going to help me out of the water. He's visited family members and even left a message for my grandma. Let me know if you want to hear that story too. Fuck yeah. I, th- I was like, well, what the hell did he say? Hold on, she's not done. Oh. But yeah, no, we definitely want to hear that story too. Yeah. Anyway, fast forward to the last couple of months. I have a two-year-old son now. And he's starting to be affected as well. He sees things and gets scared and runs to me. He tells me he's scared of a bedroom door and mirrors and windows. I have a little brother that's only a year older than him. My kid spends a lot of time at my parents' house so they can play. Since they're the babies and everyone else is significantly older than them. Recently he stayed the night over there. They were all having dinner. Their kitchen has these big windows that look out into the front yard. My stepmom says that my kiddo stopped eating and was staring out the window intently. And then when she started to turn to see what he was staring at, he screamed and dropped his food and threw himself into her arms. My baby brother also started crying, saying there was a man in the window. So she ran out to see who was there, but there wasn't anyone there at all. 
The babies refused to play near the windows because of the man. There was never anyone outside. Sometimes I have to pull him out of his nightmares too. He'll cry in his sleep. I'm really sad that he's being affected and I'm not sure how to make that stop. All I can do is comfort him. My dad thinks someone put a curse on his family. We're from Mexico and it's not uncommon out there for envious people to put curses or bad intent towards families. I'd like to know what you guys think about our experiences. Science says one of the major causes of sleep paralysis is sleep deprivation or a lack of sleep. A changing sleep schedule, sleeping on your back, use of certain medications, stress and other sleep related problems such as narcolepsy may also play a role. But that doesn't explain why our episodes are sometimes linked. I'd love to believe science's explanation, but with everything that we've experienced, I just can't. Thanks for reading. Cheers. <laughs> Look. Perla. Listen. Thank you. Listen, Perla. Yes. One, send us the rest of the story. Two, listen to our sleep paralysis episode. We do start out with the science part, but then um, we go to the other part that just makes it seem like there's just, there's too many similarities throughout the whole world of sleep mm -hmm. paralysis demons. And, you know, just the similar details that these demons have you know and the, the same kind of feelings and stuff like that yeah big time and that lady that you've seen she's described um, as the hag the hag right yeah and there was something i want to say she's supposed to have uh like long nails and long hair oh and our friend who shared stories about the gin his father actually experienced the exact same thing that you have experienced yeah so, but there's also something to be said when, it, when your dad mentions uh, a curse on the family, because we have another episode where my cousin was on and she was saying how she was starting to see things, um, yeah. like sleep paralysis kind of things. And when she saw a medium or she met someone who was able to pick up on those kinds of things and they told her that it was a curse brought on by the evil eye. And she was able to do like a cleansing and it went away. So, I mean, unless you've already tried that, then maybe you need something a little more hardcore. Or maybe like you just need, maybe for you, it's not a one and done thing. You cleanse once and it's gone. Maybe it's one of those things that you just, it's, it's an upkeep type of thing. Yeah, like the first time Dulce told me she was going to go get rubbed by an egg. I was like, what <laughs> the fuck is going on? Like, you don't what get am it. I getting into here? But uh, I'm a big believer in like trying whatever until the problem is solved. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe different beliefs work different for different people or whatever. Um, and yeah, I would definitely recommend trying it out if you haven't. And because the last one, last time you got it done, you had to do it like three or four times. Yeah, I had to do it uh, three times. Sometimes, but like I said, yeah. it's very similar, like how my cousin was saying for her, it was just a one and done. And that's it. Yeah. For me, it was three times. Yeah. But for her, it might be because it's it's a life, a family thing, you know, because my cousin's was individual. Yeah. Mine was too. Either mine, even though mine was a little more severe, but we're talking lineage here. Yeah. So yeah. she might have to do this on a weekly basis. So you got to go get yourself to a, what is it? A curandeja? Curandera. Curandera. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, check it out for real. And um, 
and let us know what you think rather than just like sitting on it and just accepting it like especially now if like your kiddo is upsetting or is experiencing the same thing and you want him to you know maybe you'll or maybe or maybe it's time to have a conversation with the kid not like a (laughs) full-on but just sort of like introduce that yeah yeah. these concepts to make them understand what's happening so that they have a different experience than you did when you were growing up yeah and if anybody that listens to our show has an answer either like feel free to let us know so we can help out share it or whatever yeah Mm mm-hmm but yeah, fucking hell, what a story. And I know, um, like, I spoke recently about uh, my very recent sleep paralysis. That was the first time I had ever actually seen someone mm-hmm. in sleep paralysis. But again, mine was more similar to your cousin's story where it was somebody that was related to me. As uh, And Mary Carmen had the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that someone, you know, it was like mm-hmm. an imitation. But yeah it's horrible anyway so was, anyway good like that's a yeah. good story very well Absolutely. written thank you all right okay this one's from tess tess is who painted that wonderful portrait of pork chop oh that stunning masterpiece uh, fuck yeah it's brilliant tell we it can, to me yeah okay hello dulce and adam <laughs> exclamation mark yay i go first this time yay. yay i just recently started listening to your show and decided to write in This tale is the only one I ever experienced personally, and it really doesn't have any proof or hard evidence, but I feel that's how most people have experienced the paranormal. They just don't tell anyone because it doesn't seem substantial enough. When this happened, though, it felt very real and very strange. So this took place in the summer after my seventh grade of middle school. I think I was 12 or 13. I was in a group of kids from my school on a trip to Germany and Italy that we had fundraised for all year. On this day, we were visiting a former concentration camp. Now, I knew all about the Holocaust because we had studied it that year in school. We had seen pictures, read books, etc. It was horrible, but I never felt any personal attachment to it. My family isn't Jewish, and no one I knew of was even in Europe during World War II. All this is just to say... I knew about this tragic piece of history, but had no particular interest or personal attachment to it. That day, we were on a bus to get to the camp, now a museum. As you can imagine, being a bunch of young teens, we were joking, laughing, and generally being kids, totally normal. This atmosphere and attitude continued right up to the gates of the museum. As soon as I stepped foot on the grounds, I felt this weight come over me, what I can only describe as dread. I really didn't want to go in. I felt almost repelled by the place. Mind you, this was the middle of the day, sunny and warm, and none of the other kids seemed afraid or any worse than respectfully somber. I remember seeing a wooden beam in the yard and just being terrified of it. No idea why. As we were walking to the entrance and the main building, I remember looking down at the gravel and thinking there was blood under those rocks. It wasn't like I consciously thought this, it was just something I knew. It's hard to explain, it felt like a bad memory. This feeling escalated as we went through the museum to the point where I was openly weeping. As we walked through, they had photos and things to read, none of which was new information to me. I just felt more and more terrified and sad. I remember telling myself, don't look, don't read. So I didn't. 
I want to stress, it wasn't the exhibits that made me feel this way. It was the place itself. By the end of the exhibit, I was uncontrollably sobbing. Looking back now, I think it was a trauma response. But there was nothing traumatic that could have triggered it. We stayed there for maybe an hour or two, and the entire time I just felt overwhelmingly sad. When we finally left, not five steps off the ground, I was laughing and joking with my friends again. The feeling was completely gone, almost like it never happened. To this day, I've only ever felt that way once, when I was actually experiencing a traumatic event. I don't tell people about it much, because there just isn't a lot to tell. Since then, I've been to lots of historic places and terrible places and never felt that way, including other Holocaust museums, Kilmainham Jail, the Tower of London and others. Nothing has affected me the way this did. Make of that what you will. I would be interested to know if other people have felt this way before. My second story is actually my mom's. When she was a kid, maybe eight or nine, she, her sister and their friend were messing around with... Uh, a Ouija board. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> she said they initially were talking to a bad spirit, but suddenly a good spirit came. I think it might have been Jesus, but I'm not sure. Right. Fair enough. Anyway, when it was my mom's turn to ask a question, she asked why she could never keep a cross. She had had crosses, but always lost them. The spirit said, tomorrow you will get a cross that you will keep for the rest of your life. Apparently that spirit told them to stop playing with the board. Good advice. Haha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next day, my grandma is opening the mail and got a letter from a local church that was trying to get them to join. Inside was a little cross statue that she gave to my mom. Guess what? She still has it. (laughs) Anyway, hope you like these stories. I have some true crime ones, but I'll send those another time. I'm loving the podcast. Keep it up. Also, I'm hoping to stay at the Hotel Monte Vista when that's possible, as I live pretty close to Flagstaff. So maybe I'll have some experiences I can share of that soon. Yay. Tess from Arizona. <laughs> I copied that into the thing. <laughs> Arizona. <laughs> That's really, really cool, Tess. And also, real quick, Kilmainham Jail is our friend used to work there as a tour guide. So you could have actually gotten a tour from our friend. Yeah. How fucking trippy. Also, I have been to, I think, two concentration camps. And I can't relate to that reaction that you had. But I do understand what you're saying about the respectfully somber thing. There's something like, again, I went there as well when I was like 15 or 16 and not a respectful kid. Like, you know what I mean? Just being a shit. But as soon as you step off the bus and into the grounds, it's like, it's just some weird thing just comes over and everybody just, it's like something hits a, a switch and you're just automatically quiet. You're not making jokes anymore and stuff like that. So maybe you were just a little bit more sensitive or something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because, like, she went to a museum, right? Well, it was a concentration camp that had been turned into a museum. Okay. I think. Well, I, well, these sort of places, like, if, if it's a concentration camp, I would understand. Because, you know how we talked about, like, the sink? Yeah, It's yeah. like the impression, the residual energy. Um, but even, I, even if it's... If it wasn't a concentration camp, if it was just... Uh, holocaust museum like the one that we have in houston these kinds of places 
they elicit these kinds of feelings from people, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The information, the images, the exhibits, they bring this in, they elicit these feelings of sadness and despair from visitors who probably don't have Jewish ancestors, there but they're just learning family. about the, the subject matter. And if you're a healthy feeling, not emotionally mm -hmm. detached human being, they will, you know, stir these feelings of sadness. So with every visitor that comes in, they're putting their impression of these feelings. Yeah, it's just getting in heavier the building. Heavier. They're in the buildings just soaking it up. So if you go in there, like how uh like I remember I went and it's just a feeling you get because yeah. that's just a somber place because of what it represents. And it makes a lot of sense that you felt this way because it's either the feeling is very strong or it was so strong that it was able to penetrate your otherwise, um, I guess, normal, uh, I guess, mode yeah, yeah, of yeah. living, you know? Yeah, definitely. But that is a strong reaction to the place to have. It's mental. Or maybe there was some sort of past life thing in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. You never know. And that's how she knew, like, the blood under the stones. That was a particularly strong um yeah i forgot i forgot stuff. that detail but you yeah. have a point there it could have been uh, a past life thing yeah mm -hmm. crazy though get a fucking past life regression <laughs> i really want to try that like one yeah time. like i'm open to all these things we talk about all sorts of like theories and you know like parallel universes yeah. and you know, like how the stink you know the stone tape uh theory and uh aliens and time continuums and Bermuda triangles. We talk about, like, I feel like I talk about all these things so openly as if I believe them. It's not because I a hundred percent believe them because I want to keep that level. I want to keep my feet in the ground, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I don't want these to take me away for a ride and then I completely lose sight of, of things, you know? Yeah. But I am absolutely open to the possibility and I agree that there are things out there that we do not understand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yet. So, I don't know. I mean, for me, another thing I was thinking it could possibly be was maybe somebody just felt more attached to you, like maybe an existing spirit or something. You know, maybe some little girl or boy thought, oh, that looks like my sister or something along those lines and like attached to you for the little time that you were there. Yeah, it could be and made you feel shitty but maybe made them feel a little bit better so <laughs> <laughs> who knows yeah but look anyway thank you everybody for sending in your stories or maybe it didn't mean to make you feel shitty yeah but yeah. it was just close to you and in doing that it, it drew out this reaction feel like that yeah but again these are all just our theories these stories this month so good fuck me yeah i think because there's so many this month normally we don't have like maybe yeah but either way they were like insane and we can't wait to hear the few follow-up ones i know i was talking to tess about the other stories and hopefully we'll get them in for the next one thank you everybody for listening to us and for enjoying the show yeah and for being members on patreon and 
everything else just for supporting us in any way that you can or do yeah whatever way you choose to do yeah and we hope you enjoyed this episode of titillating tales of true terror without the tea time (laughs) (laughs) yeah and if you want to check out uh the pork chop edition there's they're up on the patreon pork chop curated titillating tales of terror because she handpicks them yeah she spends hours on reddit so yep okay gang (laughs) we will see you in a couple of days for the regular episode and i think that's it yeah that's pretty much it all right bye bye